When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm thinking David Solomana. That would have been the 2000 grand final mm. against the Brisbane Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. And we promised him earlier on, and he's on the line here on Sports Day. Cronulla Sharks, head coach and all-around great guy. Craig Fitzgibbon joins us. How are you, Fitzy? Yeah, fellas. How are you? Yeah, really well, really well. Now the preseason, I, I'm pretty sure you would have loved the preseason as a player. I used to love them. Rat, you've said you loved the preseason. Yeah, mate, I got into it. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. As a coach now, when you've got to uh, look at the, the preseason for the upcoming seasons, has, has anything changed over the last, the, the other two that you've since being a head coach? Uh, yeah, you're probably, probably better prepared than the first, definitely the first one, I'm, I'm assuming. But yeah, kind of a little bit of consistency there with. Uh, knowing what your players are to expect. We've had a pretty stable squad. So mm. uh, a lot of things have helped the consistency level to how we train. And we, we try and stay pretty consistent in that realm. So that's helped a bit. But, yeah, you're always ready for curveballs. You're pushing the boundaries on um, performance there. So you probably want to push your players to a point of simmering and not breaking. And sometimes those lines get a little bit blurred. But it's been um, so far, um, yeah, the boys have been pretty pretty committed and pretty excited. So no complaints about training too hard, mate? You haven't had any of those? Dale, you know that. All we do is complain to footy players. Mate, you could train soft, they'll complain about that. Train hard, they'll complain about that. But no, I've got to say that we've got a pretty pretty, um, easy going bunch that are pretty trustworthy of the staff and and the performance guys. And whatever gets um, put in front of them, it's, um, there's generally a pretty good acceptance of what's coming, and that's the that's the level we're at as a as a club. We're we're um you know we're we're not sitting comfortable with where we're at, and we're constantly trying to push those boundaries. So, I think the players are acutely aware of that, and um, they respond in the way they're they're training at the moment. But um yeah, there'd be 16 other clubs saying the same thing. Yeah, mate. Did you uh, did you bring any outside influences in to the, to this preseason, mate? Like any army camps or anything? Um, yeah, we did a like a modified one. We all we sort of do a, a season each season or the, for three years in a row now. We like to get the boys out and about in our own area where we're from, where we represent. We sort of get out the sand hills, out the Colonel, and and hit the beach and and the tracks out there. And we sort of modified a bit of um, a bit of army work, a bit of grunt work, and a bit of uh, a bit of teamwork into that. Um, that's sort of been um, we want that to be pretty consistent as part of our preseason and. Um, yeah, that, that works well in, in essence. It's not it's clearly not rugby league, but there's some takeaways you can, um, you know, you can put into your into your season. And it wasn't, um, it was kind of just a nice way to sign off on the first six weeks of training, to be honest. Now, once upon a time, fits the you know the big big test was the beat test, but it, it's all about the, this one new one called the Bronco now. So, is, do do we do the beat test in rugby league anymore? Or is that is that history? Yeah, no, I haven't seen it for a while. Eh? I think um, I think it's more about the Bronco. I think there's still a few yo-yo tests going around, which are, the uh, the yo-yo is probably a little bit more similar to the beats, where 
um, yeah, it's a recording and you're following, um, following the, obviously the progression of each level that you get to, but yeah, we, we're sort of using the bronco a little bit. And when and where you use it can drastically alter your scores. I mean, we put one at the end of training the other day just to see where they're at. That was interesting. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, it's a good metric. Basically, you want to just want a baseline of where you guys are at, and then you want to just test again to see if they've um, they've, they've taken some, um, you know, taken some improvements on board. And um, you know, again, someone might be good at a bronco, but you got to put a footy in their heads at some point as well and make some decisions in and around it. Around the conditioning, Fitzy, who's who's the usual suspects? Who are the guys that are uh, pretty much always uh, up the front? Uh, Blake Blake Bailey's a yeah, he's freaky. In, um, he's got an uncanny knack of um, I can't sort of challenge him. He looks like he's cruising. He's not. He's pushing himself, but he just gives the impression he's doing it easy, Blake. But he's, um, yeah, I'd have to say Blake, he'd be the fittest guy. But Nico, Nico runs really well. And um, a couple of younger guys training with this young kid called Tommy Rodwell. He, um, he gives, uh, it's Brett Rodwell's son, actually. He gives, nice. he gives Blake a bit of a hard time for a while there. He trains good, but... Um, Blake's the standout when it gets to that sort of stuff, though. Hey, just on, I was going to ask you a little bit later on about Blake Braley because we we love him. Rat especially just has been waxing lyrical about him in the last twelve months. He can't be that far from a Blues jersey. I know you've, I know he's one of your players, and you'll always push him. But purely from a performance and a fitness mm. and his his passing ability and his durable as well, he can't be that far away, Fitzy. Uh, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Like, clearly, they, they brought him into camp last year, and um, yeah, that was obviously a, a sign of um, a sign that he's in their thoughts. But with um, with Madge taking over, I'm not quite sure what Madge will want to do there. And um, well, it was nice to know for Blake that he is in the shop window, but he's also Blake's not comfortable with where he's at, and he thinks he's got more in him. And yeah, you really trustworthy guy, like obviously a, a hooker that can play 80 at the level he does in the middle, and mm. he gets taken on a bit, and I don't think he's, um, I don't think anyone would doubt his toughness, but the thing with Blake could do if you wanted to pick two hookers, gee, with, with a fresher Blake and a faster Blake, he might have some impact as well, so it's up to imagine the selectors, of course, on what they do there, but I, uh, yeah, you're right, you do, you, you, you kind of, it's not like you feel obliged to push your own players, but there's some players you coach that you think, yeah, I think he'd handle it, and I think he'd handle it. Mm. Yeah, great tackle technique too. Yeah. He's just for a little guy, they go at him and he just he just chops them down. Mate, now I wanted to congratulate you on the signing of Adam Fanor Blake, mate. It's a, it sort of flew under the radar. It sort of came out of the blue that the Sharks had signed him. Now, you know, a lot of people in my circle... You know, we, we love the Sharks and, and we, we sort of, we're sort of racking our brain over the last sort of couple of years. What are we missing? You know, like we've got a great back row. We've got, you know, strike centres, finishing wingers, great halves. Is Adam Fanua Blake the missing piece of the puzzle that you think you needed to take you to that next level? Um, look, he's still, he's still a season away. Our, our intentions, we think we can win without him and then keep winning yeah. with him. So um, that's, that's sort of the line we've had. One thing, and you can't, um, you've got to really force, you've got to be careful. I don't like making excuses on what you might, might have been missing, been missing yeah. but we seem to have had the last two years really inconsistent middle rotations where we just haven't had our best middles available when it's crunch time. And it's happened a few years in a row and um, we've had this rotation between our big men where some consistency around them and leaving them there, I think they've got thing about all of our big fellas, I actually think we've all got improvement in them. Um, so 
gee, I like the thought of Adam Adam to them, though. Um, that's the reason we went and, um, and pursued him. And felt like, you know, we're, we're pretty stable. We've got a pretty stable squad, a young squad, inexperienced squad. So we're all like, okay, if we're going to sign a player, we need someone that's going to move the needle for the for the club, the team, and particularly in the leadership space. And it just turned out that Adam popped up right in time. And, um, yeah, we were, we were pretty, we're obviously very excited by that, but it is still a long way away. And um, we've got we to get our jobs done so he's walking into a, a strong outfit. Mm. And we're, we're confident if we get those needles fresh, um, we get them on the field at the right time, that they've still got some levels in them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Taking nothing away from the middles that you got there, you certainly got some good ones, mate. You're at the back end of the preseason now, um, I just wanted to ask: is there is there any boys in your squad that you've been really surprised by, maybe their development uh, with their game or the size that they've put on? They've really just knuckled down this off season and, and surprised you. Oh, I think um, I've probably got a yeah, like you, you know, you, you guys would know this well. You've got your soldier-like guys that you just you know they're just going to turn up. Like your Dales and Cams, they just don't negotiate on any effort. They just walk in the door and go, righto. I'm going to give you the best version of myself. But I've got to say, Blake, um, he's walked back in and, you know, it was, the first thing he said was, I'm, I'm just sick of watching watching these semis go past. I, I want to get deeper. And he, the way he's preparing and training, he's hungry. And Nico's in the same line. Of, you know, Nico's... Still had a buddy strong year at the end. He, he, he debuted for New South Wales and Australia by the end of a calendar year and got us to the semis there. But he's um, he's come back in knowing he wants more. And because of the opportunity that was given to Braden Trimble, um, we've never seen Tricky at the level of commitment and physicality and um, fitness he's at too. So all three spine members that are going to be crucial to us, but also... You know, they've only played six games together. So yeah. we're excited mm. by that, but also we've got to let that develop and grow. And, you know, we went into a semi-final series with Ed Connor at the back there and um, those guys hadn't spent any time on the field together except for the last six weeks. So trying to get some stability and cohesion amongst them, but thankfully they've all walked back in the door. Um, yeah, obviously Connor's at the dogs now, but Willie Kay, and they've walked back in ready to rumble and um, take, it, um, take it to a new level, but there's still... We've got a few weeks of uh, training to go, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll find out where we're at when the whips are cracking um, come down one. Yeah, nice. Now, Sifa Talakai, Fitzy, will he spend some time in the forwards this year? And if so, does that give an opportunity for young Kyle Eero to, to have a shot in the trials? Yeah, Kyle, um, Kyle's really putting pressure on there with Sifa. Um, thought, um, yeah, Sifa, by his own. Um, admission was inconsistent last year but finished the year really strongly after we um, obviously put him back to the bench there but turns out injuries, he, he got another reprieve and, and did really well but Kale's, Kale's trained him well and preparing well and we, we're feeling like um, you know, you let a player like you've got to be confident in letting a player like Connor go that you've got adequate um, replacements and we've got Kale, we've got Kate Dykes back, Sandstone Street um, but yeah, Sifra at the moment is doing a bit of both. But we'll, we'll um, yeah, we'll see how the trials pan out on that. But it, the plan's still centre for now. But eventually, I like the fact that Sifra's got some impact there as well. So that's something on our minds, and we'll see how the season plays out as well. What do we need? When do we need it? So um, we've got to be ready for uh, well, you know, sort of all those options, to be honest. And it's good shootout going on between mm. them. It's been, been good to watch.
Yeah, mate. Okay, Dykes, you mentioned, obviously, you know, had a shocking injury last year. He showed some real class in his debut when he came and played, uh, I think it was the um, reunion weekend a couple of years ago. But, um, mate, how's he shaping up? How's his pre-season been? Is he, is he in good shape? Um, he's, had, he's had a disrupted pre-season case. So um, he had, obviously, had knee reconstruction, um, come back, was still getting irritated. So he had a minor procedure, not a major one, just a minor. And um, he's back finally now, almost uh, full team training. So yeah, he's got to go with respect to a young athlete um, and someone of his um, talent. You, we want to get him right. Like, we're not going to rush it just to, for the sake of throwing him out there to get footy in. We want the best version of Kay Dykes ready. And so we're rebuilding gradually, and he's, he's been a bit disrupted, but he's, he's starting, to, starting to express himself a bit more through through team training now and um, not quite at 100% just yet, but coming good at the right time for us. Hey, Fitzy, while we're talking to you, on Fox is actually a 2001 NRL Greatest Games, and it's you guys, the Roosters, versus the Brisbane Broncos at uh, Sydney Footy Stadium. And the image of Adrian Morley come up on the screen and I break into a cold sweat. <laughs> he was a scary human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, thankfully for me, he was on my team. Yeah. So he was all right. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. frightening. Hey, yeah, he's one of the greats, yeah. Yeah, one of the great drinkers as well, apparently. Mm. Yep, yeah. had, had a few of these yeah, out of the cookie yeah, bay at times. Hey, uh, before we let you go, Fitz, third year now as head coach, a positive and a yep. negative here. What, what's the hardest part about being a head coach? Uh, I, I would, listen, it's, oh, yeah, it's, hard, it's, not, it's not hard to answer, but I suppose you wouldn't understand it until you're sitting in the seat. Look, it's very incredibly rewarding. I love, like, I love it. It's just so... So enjoyable working with young men, getting them better. I think the club's in good shape. The people of the club are fantastic. Like it's, it's a lot of good things to look forward to with the development of the club, development of our players and team, etc. But one thing I underestimated was the weight of decision making. When you're uh, an assistant, or you know, when you're on the peripheral at any league level, and even as a fan, it's really easy to have opinions. And we do it as fans when you're a fan of other sports. You have these opinions, right? Well, opinions cost you nothing. But when decisions cost you everything. So I just underestimated the weight of you've got to make all those decisions and you've got to get them right. If you mm. don't get them right, you'll pay for that. So mm. that's, um, that's, that's been the most difficult part. Um, you know, a lot of people would be probably thinking it's the media, etc. I think the, the media aren't the enemy. The enemy's bad performance, right? you just got to get uh, basically... As long as you're showing improvement, getting better, working on stuff, and there's a progression line there, I think it's fair and reasonable to get criticised after bad, bad performance. But um, it's just making tough decisions is not as easy as it may look on the surface. And when things don't go your way, it's really easy to throw an opinion. You've got to get rid of him. You've got to get rid of him. You've got to move him there. You know, like a sifter. You've got to move sifter to the forwards is a, a narrative sometimes. But... Now, my job is to get the best out of Sifa, so he's the best center, not move or flinch. Yep. And that's making those decisions is where you've got to be really stable, really clear, and, and trust your trust trust your decision process and that. But that's a bit of bit of weight involved in that. I probably missed, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least you won't lose your Pretty hair so. over at Fitzy, so <laughs> that's one positive. Um, the, 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 the eyebrows are falling out. Not a hair on his body. Uh, great stuff. Hey, it's always good to catch up with you, Fitz. Um, 
love to hear how the uh, the Sharkies are going leading to round one. And good luck for the start of the season, mate. Thank you for joining us on Sports Day. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, boys.